So we want to get this thing started, or? I mean, that's why we're here, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so. Oh, Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast, your official Carolina Panthers podcast for Cat Scratch Yay, Leader. Yay, got it right this time. <laughs> an SB Nation site. I'm joined by John. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Brian. And I'm Thank joined by this, this utter asshole, Brad. How are you doing tonight, hey, that's, Brad? that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah. I plan Brian's to be real blue fucking tonight. nice to you. Yeah. Oh, we're, okay, real blue. Too <laughs> blue. So, we have a football game after what feels like an eternity since the last Panthers football game. The Panthers play the New York Giants, a.k.a. Panthers kind of north, since the Buffalo Bills are also <laughs> vying for that title. Panthers less north. Panthers less north. I like that. Northwest? Nah. They're in the same area. <laughs> That's like yeah. the least possible thing it could be. <laughs> I was trying to make a Kanye West thing, but it didn't work out. So, you know. Yeah, you're right about that. That's what you get for trying to be topical. <laughs> yeah, that's what I get. Make this podcast great again, am I right? <laughs> so, before we get into all that, I'm sure Brad is going to and really enjoy this next bit. The Panthers signed safety Eric Reed this past week. When? Last week. I, I it, it was crazy. Oh. It was, uh, what, Thursday <laughs> they signed him? Literally, like, two, days, two nights or two days after we recorded our podcast, and Brad went on his rant about how the Panthers should sign Eric Reed. And <laughs> it's it's hey. funny because it, it, I they announced the signing, like, an hour after I published the the show, like they were, they heard that rant and they immediately they got read in the building right away. Because I know, I know Brad's rant was the reason. It, it absolutely was. I am taking full credit for it because I went. I was very passionate about that rant, and it was is probably one of the better rants I've ever had. And it's no coincidence that they signed him the next day. Not None. not at all. We made it our brand on Cat Scratch Reader to sign Eric Reed after Ron Rivera basically was like, oh, we like the guys we have in the building. And uh, I fully I fully attribute the signing to of Eric Reed to everyone at Cat Scratch Reader, but specifically Brad and us three on the Keep Sounding podcast. I, I just think it's a great feeling. It is just, just to be here and knowing what we've accomplished. Yes, to, to be single-handedly, you know, as a blog as a whole, responsible for a major transaction for the Panthers, it's just, it's 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 humbling. Is this what feel like winning a Grammy is like? I mean, I just it's got, it's got to be close. It, it's pretty humbling. 
I must say, like, just I imagine it's a similar feeling. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. So, yeah, obviously, if you hadn't heard, the Panthers signed the big, the big talking point of the offseason, maybe behind Colin Kaepernick and, you know, whatever else. Eric Reed, the guy who kneeled next to him for the first time, or the first guy, I should say, to kneel next to him. And now they have a starting safety who's actually good. The first good safety we've had since uh, Mike. Yeah, well, other than Colin Jones, obviously, but the first like legit Pro Bowl safety since Mike Minter on the team for two mil for this season. It's good. It's good stuff. That's what we call hashtag pretty good. It's a bargain. It's a hashtag bargain. Yeah, hashtag bargain. You know, that's really sad when you think about it, that he's the best safety we've had since Mike Minter. Mike Minter retired in, what, 2002 or 2003 or something like that? Like, it's been that long? It's been a long time. The best we've had Let's since find then. out. The best we've had <laughs> since then. Like yeah. Let's fire up the old Google machine. He played, <laughs> oh, he played longer than I thought. He played from 1997 to 2006. The best safeties the Panthers have had since him were Chris Harris, Charles Godfrey, Kurt Coleman, and I guess uh, Sherrod Martin, maybe? <laughs> Pretty uh, Colin Jones. Well, yeah, Colin we Jones, that, obviously the goat. But you know, in, in the business, we call that a, a murderer's row of safeties. Yeah, that's world beaters. If you call oh, you, you also forgot about Haruki Nakamura. Ah, <laughs> uh, how could I ever forget about that's, him? That is a good one. He was the next right. Ed Reed, you know. Well, he played behind. Learn from Ed Reed. Yeah, he yeah. played behind him. So I mean, he was just as good, if not better, because he was younger. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows whenever an understudy takes over for an, an overstudy, they always fill their shoes fully. Nice spring tone. Thanks. I like ducks. <laughs> um, so on top of Eric Reed being signed, the Panthers come out this week really freaking healthy. I mean, really freaking healthy in regards to all the other crap we put up with. I mean, like, you know, the last several weeks of podcasting, we've been talking about how this guy's hurt, this guy's hurt, this guy's hurt, this guy's hurt. So now they have Curtis Samuels back from his quote-unquote sickness. Uh, we have Greg Olson's practicing again. He won't play this week, but just the fact that he's practicing, you know, five weeks removed from breaking his foot again is miraculous. Um, who else we got out there? Demir Bird's back. Um, Demir Bird, obviously, big deal. House Bird. Hashtag House Bird. Trey Turner's back. Trey Turner is back from the concussion protocol. Uh, <laughs> Just Jonathan keep listening. Jackson is no longer dealing with a groin injury. Denora Searcy's still in the concussion protocol, and quite frankly, he should probably just stay there, but, you know. Well, He's on the reserve. reserve. Yeah. Yeah. But in no, the concussion it, protocol. It's, it's, it's crazy looking at the practice report, the injury report for practice, and seeing uh, a blank space under did not participate. Yep. And then only yeah, I believe, I believe that's the first time all year that, that that's happened. Yeah, and then only one limited participant, and it was Greg, who is way ahead of schedule. Which I have a thing about Greg. Um, everybody talking, like I see it, there's a lot of people like all over the internet saying, 
you know, Greg Olson, don't rush him back. Uh, you know, basically people saying when he should or shouldn't be able to play um, with absolutely no intimate knowledge of the situation, like no MRIs, no x-rays, no discussions with Greg and how he feels, just based on the fact that they already had a broken foot. Uh, people feel like they're, they have enough knowledge to gauge when he should be ready to play. That's not, that's not how it works. But that is how it works. We all play fantasy football, John. <laughs> We're experts here. They say Greg Olson aggravated his foot injury, and then it's like the doctors and medical professionals and Greg all say he feels good, all say he'll be good soon. They're like, I don't know, based on my information that I know, uh, I think they're wrong. I've read my notifications on my fantasy football team for <laughs> Greg Olson, thank you. I know he's not ready. I don't care what the doctors say. My impression of a broken foot says it should take eight weeks before he plays. And if he returns before before the next four weeks, he'll be a borderline TE2. Thank you, expert here. <laughs> Thanks for the fantasy. Yeah, that's what I'm here foot. for. That's all I want. That's the main thing I want to say about the injuries is just the whole idea that we as fans know absolutely nothing about his injury. So if Greg feels good and he doesn't it doesn't hurt and the doctors think he's healed enough, let's run let's roll with it. Yeah, and someone brought up a good point on CSR, or maybe it was Twitter, I forget, but uh they were like, Well he shouldn't rush back and someone said, Well, you know, he's not played the last almost two seasons basically and he just went for a broadcasting job. So, you know, this might be his last chance to play football, which I can I can definitely level with there. And see, on that point, it's like, who says if he came back, not this coming week, but next week, who says that's rushing back? Like, what, why is that rushing back? Why is that, like, you know, who determines what's rushing and what's taking it slow and what's appropriate, you know? Obviously, the fans who have intimate fantasy knowledge, John. Thank you. That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I've seen. So, looking forward... We have a little uh, reunion of sorts with uh, D the Dave Gettleman-led New York Giants, who also boasts the formidable face of Mike Shula, who isn't actually calling plays for them, but is still their offensive coordinator, SMH. So I guess let's start with the offense versus defense. So obviously the Giants, despite their struggles, boast quite a formidable group of players on offense with uh, Odell Beckham Jr., St Sterling Shepard, Obviously, obviously, Saquon Barkley, probably the next big thing as far as uh, rushing and receiving back goes. Um, so, John, I'll start with you, since you are usually doing the defensive preview. What's your what what are you looking at here? What's the biggest thing we should be watching as far as this game goes this on Sunday? Well, in general, not just uh, for the game, but I would like to know what Mike Shula's actual job is if he doesn't call the plays. Or anything like that as an offensive coordinator. He's supposed to look pretty. He just like run, runs meetings or something. I don't know. Um, the Giants, He's basically a glorified quarterback coach. That's that's what it seems like. Um, yeah, that's really all he does. Because Pat Shermer calls the plays, but Shula. I think it's a situation where we're they're using his play design because you know he's actually decent at doing that part of it, mm -hmm. but he's not being given the the microphone to make the call on when to run what, because that's the part of his job that he really sucks at. I will say I, one thing about Mike Shula, because you know how we had, we've had offensive line issues 
seemingly the entire time we have Mike Shula as offensive coordinator. And then he is relieved of his duties. And this year, with talent that I don't think is vastly superior to what we've had the last couple of years, we've got suddenly we have like the best run blocking offensive line in the NFL. And Cam's gotten sacked like what three times in three games. I don't. And then the Giants, for their part, have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. And I know they were already bad, but I I just wonder if there's something to do with the play designs that make it they're just too tough on the offensive line. Well, we are arguing about that. I think it could be. We were arguing about this here in the Slack chat over the bye week, but about Matt Khalil, um, about how Chris Clark can't be, you know, that much worse than Matt Khalil. But uh, I brought this up, and you know, it's obviously up for debate. But it seems kind of like Mike Shula's offense in Carolina, at least, was like that guy has to block that guy. That's just how it goes on this play. If he doesn't block yeah. him, we're screwed. Or like Norv Turner is like, oh, we have a problem here. Let's scheme against that. Let's throw a quick pass to Christian McCaffrey or let's throw a quick pass to Torrey Smith because this is a bad matchup for Chris Clark. Kind of what it seems like. And I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've been watching a Mike Shula offense for a long time, so I don't really know what adjustments feel like. But, you know. Yeah, I would uh I would say that's probably that's probably true in in some capacity. Like there's there's definitely are there's I won't say definitely definitely probably there's probably some more scheming for uh to account for weaknesses on the offensive line. But to go to your original question about the Giants offense, um they have all of the uh playmakers you could ever desire on an offense. I think other than like they're probably behind like the Rams and like maybe the Vikings in terms of overall talent with Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley. But like we just talked about, their offensive line real bad. Eli Manning not great. And then you know, off, I mean, I know Pat Shermer's calling plays, but a Mike Shula offense is a Mike Shula offense. Um, Eli Manning has like I think the sixth shortest average depth of target this year, so it's going to be a lot of take a snap, throw a crossing route to Otto Beckham, and as long as Keekly, Thompson, and all of them are able to rally, I think it'll be okay. Barkley will probably get one big play, but one big play won't kill the Panthers. It shouldn't, at least, with how inept the Giants' offense is well, over the whole course of an entire game. So you say that, but there's one point I want to bring up. Um, Panthers have allowed, at least over the last two games, several plays that went for a lot further than I felt they should have between, like, Giovanni mm-hmm. Bernard and Ito Sh- and Ito Smith with the Falcons for like 20 25 yards against those guys, you know, 20 25 yards okay, but against Saquon Barkley, those could be touchdowns. So I am a little worried about the rush defense just cuz they didn't seem like they were all together against the Bengals. And granted, you know, you have the bye week to focus on that, but that was a little concerning considering like the strength of this defense is supposedly the front 7 but they were letting... Counterpoint. Go ahead. The Giants' offense is real bad. Like, the Falcons and Saints, <laughs> like, I, I do, yeah, like I said, like, I don't, I don't think, I do, I do think, like, Saquon will get a good, a big player too. Odell might get a big player too. But they are, like, the Falcons and Bengals can have hit those big plays and then keep going. The Giants don't do that. They just, like, all, and all you have to do to, Solid drive is sack Eli Manning. He's been sacked more than almost anybody. I think he's the fourth most sacked quarterback in the NFL so far this year. And 
And you really don't have to do much to sack no. Eli Manning. All you have to do is just run towards him. I tweeted it like during the Cowboys game, I think, uh, Giants versus Cowboys. I was like, I think at this point, like if a guy just like yelled really loud, Eli Manning would get sacked. Like without even getting touched. Like he he goes down as soon as he sees somebody that might get close to him. He's like a it's, he's it, like he's like a Drew Brees on stilts. Like he just he just takes a strong well, wind to knock him over. I'm a Drew Brees like fights though. Like he'll he'll shift around. And, uh, you know, he'll shed some tacklers here and there. Eli Manning, like, the defensive a defensive lineman can be blocked and, like, reach around the guy blocking him. And if Eli Manning feels a hand hit his shoulder pad, he just collapses into a puddle. Well, that's why that's why I mean, like, a Drew Brees on stilts, because uh, Eli Manning's, you yeah. know, like, a bit tall. So he strikes me mm-hmm. as, like, a short quarterback who might be able to make a play, but he's also on stilts where you can't, like, you know, plant and... <laughs> Get away! So that yeah. was that was the, kind of the joke I was making. Just, I got you. I get what you say. He's, like, he's, he's very wobbly. Yes, like he's top heavy. He's like he's like you. a he's like a newborn horse. Like they they haven't quite figured out how to walk yet. So <laughs> that's a perfect description. So he's just, like, just Bambi back in the pocket. He's in the pocket and then just like oh no, somebody like clipped my hip. Oh up oh, up! Oh, I'm falling. Yep yep. I'm down up. Eli Manning sack. Yeah, it's it's. So it's a chance for uh, F.A. Obata to, to build off last week's breakout performance, get, maybe get another sack on the resume. Uh, we should definitely, definitely get more than one sack on Sunday. And by we, I mean the Panthers' defense. Which means we'll get zero and the Giants will score 48 points on us. I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say likely. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me in the least for that to this, happen. This game just reeks of that Chicago Bears crap. Um, because the Giants well, the, the Bears have, have well, real quick, just a bat, one more point on the the Saint or the Giants' offense. They scored 18 points against the Saints at home. Like that's 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 enough to to illustrate how bad their offense is. I yeah, but yes, yeah, their defense is better. All I know is that the Panthers are one of those prime teams where a guy can bounce back, and this just this just reeks of like Odell Beckham going for 250 yards receiving. Just scares me. I have post-traumatic stress disorder with this team, man. I swear. Well, that's what Eric Reed's for. If he plays, I mean, Colin Jones is starting over him allegedly. Yeah, but Colin Jones is fast. He won't. That's he true. Won't get oh, you know what? You're yeah. right. He he is fast. I forgot about that. We're saved. This is the perfect play, guys. <laughs> Eric Reed's just solid depth. Solid, you know. Re- real talk question. How, how, <laughs> I swear to God, if Ron Rivera says that he's solid depth, I will quit this team. I am not even kidding. Um, how many plays do you think Eric Reed's going to see? I think he'll see at least seventy-five percent of the snaps. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'm thinking too. I'm I'm thinking he's gonna he's not going to start, but he's going to come in really early. And we won't see Colin Jones anymore. Ron Rivera's like, wait, that's what happens when the safety's good? I didn't think it mattered. Yeah. Are you there, Brian? Are you going to transition us or something? Oh, I, I thought you guys were still talking. I'm sorry. Um, Are you listening? Terrible host. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, so, Brad, we just talked about... What? Jesus Christ. Why are you so <laughs> abrasive? Um... So I asked John about what he had, to, what he thought about the Giants' offense. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add. Probably not, but I'll go ahead and ask you anyway. No, I don't. John pretty much covered everything. Uh huh. 
Sorry to steal everything from you. Love that, love that color and it's analysis fine. by Brad. Yep, yep. Okay, so looking. I mean, if you want, if you want color analysis, I'll give it to you. I mean, see what we have to have here is the Panthers need to score touchdowns instead of field goals, and if if they can come out with a way to score more points than the Giants, then they'll win the game. That sounds good. Solid. I just Troy Aikman and. Yeah. I just gave you Troy Aikman. Okay, so. you're trying to think of another name and nothing came to your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of the tight end that play that does Monday Night Football Jason now, and I couldn't Whitten. think of his damn name. Jason Witten. Jason Witten. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Jesus. You're supposed to be a football writer. My God. Um, I am a football writer, but I, I covered the Panthers. Thank you very much. Key part of the job is knowing the names of all the broadcast teams. It is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, looking at the Giants' defense, there's obviously some decent pieces there. Olivier Vernon, uh, Landon Collins, Janoris Jenkins. Snacks Harrison, if he does play, I believe he practiced on a limited basis today. Um, the Panthers' offense seems to be rolling so far, though. I mean, like after the first week, they were a little they were a little rusty then, but against the Falcons, they did lose, but they still played well on offense. And against the Giants, they ran for 180 yards with Christian McCaffrey. That's taking away any yards they got with anybody else. So. Right now, the offense seems to have some, some momentum going. Um, looking at this game, Brad, who is it on offense that you, I guess, are excited to see? Or who who do you think is going to be a key to this game? I'm going to take the easy way out and go with Christian McCaffrey because that's that's pretty much who it is. Like if we can see a repeat performance of what we saw two weeks ago against Cincinnati, you know, I think we'll put ourselves in a position to win. That's the correct answer. The Giants I mean, and, pass even good. I was going to say that, that actually brings up something I wanted to mention. Like, um, this Panthers offense for the last, how many years was defined by Cam Newton's performance. Where now it kind of seems like it's defined by both him and Christian McCaffrey now. Like, McCaffrey has become arguably as much of a focal point as Cam in this offense, where it's not just on Cam to make those plays, not just on Cam to make those throws. Now, McCaffrey is all over the place doing, like, everything in almost like a complimentary fashion to Cam Newton, and that's kind of refreshing. So I don't know if you disagree, John, or you agree, or no, no. It's it's Christian McCaffrey's definitely the the guy to watch because the Giants actually do really well on the outside covering wide receivers. Um, so it might be tough for Cam to get going down the field to Funches and Smith and, and the like. Um, but the like they've been getting, <laughs> yeah. But Alvin Kamara, like Alvin Kamara had. 134 yards and three touchdowns on 19 carries uh, against the Giants, and then got an average nine yards a catch as well. Um, so it's it's definitely a it's probably going to be a game. Both both teams are going to kind of stay near the line of scrimmage offensively. So McCaffrey's going to he's I would definitely I could definitely see another like 20 carry over 100 yards 
performance, and he might get a few more catches. He's only had, what, two against Cincinnati? Yeah. Yeah, it I is. think he'll, I would take like 20 carries and like four, like five, five or six catches maybe. It is nice to see from this offense the fact that they can like about face their game plan and go from Christian McCaffrey ki- catching like 15 passes to him rushing the ball 22 times and catching the ball twice. That's got to be yeah. difficult for a defensive coordinator to deal with when they can just go from heavy passing, heavy dink and dunk offense to pound the ball down your throat offense all with the same personnel. Like that's that's pretty exciting in my opinion. Just it's really the way you should do everything. I don't know, John. We've, we've we've had we've had a lot of Mike Shula here, so I think we're just trying to recover <laughs> from that. It's we we said it a few times, but it's amazing the things that we're excited about as a fan base in our offensive coordinator. Like it's stuff that should be common sense. Like this is amazing. Our offensive coordinator like changes the plays week to week. Like I just, this is incredible. It's like oh yeah, that's what twenty nine other offensive coordinators have been doing. He lets Cam Newton run the no huddle when he wants yeah. to. Like, my God, <laughs> revolutionary stuff. Just it is. Coach of the year, uh, in my opinion. What? And also, speaking of Cam Newton, he's probably going to run more this week, too. Because, like I said, the Giants are going to have receivers blanketed. He's going to have to run to, to pick up some yardage. So I think I, heavy heavy ground game, and you know how much I'm a fan of the run game. Yep. Run the ball as much as you can. Don't pass it ever. That's John's. That's John's motto. Yep, it's totally just where it's all about establishing. Well, then you probably really enjoyed what Ron Rivera said the other day about running the ball. Yeah, I, I saw somebody. I saw like a glance or I skimmed over. Somebody said something about it. Like, uh, what do you say? All that passing stuff's cool, but you still need to be able to run to win. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Has the Patriots. Yeah, as the Patriots have James White being their best running back right now. Yep. And the Colts, yeah, and then the Colts right now have, I think Naheem Haynes has, like, every single backfield snap for them so far this game, or almost, who's a tiny little fella that's known for as a pass catcher more than a runner. He was also a wide receiver in college. Yeah. Just so you're aware. To be fair to the Colts, aren't they without, aren't they without T.Y. Hilton? Yes. So they kind of had to. T.Y. Hilton pay, plays running back. Adjust on the fly. Does T.Y. No, they're having to run the ball because they they don't have their best receiver. Yeah, but... I was just saying like the guy that they're using to run the ball is a, is a, what you would typically call a scat back, not like this. You know, he's he's five nine, two hundred pounds. Like he's not a. Because he played wide receiver in college. Yeah, he's not like everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people still think that like. Oh, you know, this guy's big, so he's a workhorse like Leonard Fournette. He doesn't get hurt because he's so big. <laughs> ha! Funny because Leonard Fournette gets hurt all the time. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah, you, there you go. You picked it up. One other thing, I just, when I was looking up Alvin Kamara's stats, um, as a, as a, to go back, call back to the offense, the Giants offense, um, one, two, three, eight players, or seven players caught passes last week. Um, Exactly zero of them averaged 10 yards a catch against the Saints. That's because the Saints' defense is so good. It is. I, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> we saw how they, we, they, they they put the clamps on Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bucks in week one. Matt Ryan and the Falcons had no answer for that defense. So, yes, 
It's it's it is a tough defense, but like Odell Odell averaged nine yards a catch. Shepard averaged eight yards a catch. New um, Orleans Saints more like or- New Orleans Paints because they're all over everybody. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! New nickname. Yep. Um, one thing before we get into the score predictions. So, uh, Michael Pilardi signed a three-year extension. What was that yesterday? Well, Wednesday. Two days ago. Two days ago. Tuesday. Um, three days ago. Actually, it was three days ago if you're listening to this podcast. Whatever. Michael Pilardi signed a three-year extension this week. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. I guess. <laughs> so Michael Pilardi was graded as the best punter in the league so far over the first four weeks by Pro Football Focus. And I know sometimes we take their grades with a grain of salt, but when they're Pro Panthers, I'm all for it. So yeah, that's how we that's how we consume information. We agree with we we only give merit to the ones we agree with. Exactly. That's how you're supposed to operate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he beat out Andy Lee for his job last year because he had higher hang time on his punts. And overall, it seems like special teams in general seems to be doing pretty well this year. Um, I think that higher hang time is certainly a good thing, but. Any, usually. Y- usually. Um, so, yeah, we have the three special teams gods of the NFL all locked in for the next three years. It's pretty good. feels pretty good, in my opinion. The specialists, I like their trailer to, to get us hyped for the next three years of special teams chemistry. They What do they call themselves? Is it a brand or something like that for the brand? The specialists. No. The specialists. The specialists. It's amazing. He's doing Pat McAfee's thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love, my favorite one was the picture where Graham Gano took the turtleneck off underneath his sweater and just wore the the sweater vest with nothing underneath it. I thought that was classy. Yes, that was that was real classy. Quite, quite classy. So the Panthers obviously have the edge in the special teams game. So that's going to be a major factor. So looking at the score, guys, uh, John, I'll start with you. What is your game prediction as far as the score goes? I think the Panthers are going to win. And I think it's going to be 26 to 10. Interesting. It's a lot of field goals. A lot of field goals. I think that- we might... I think we might struggle a little bit in the red zone just because we might have a hard time getting in, like having consistent success passing the ball. So I wouldn't be surprised if we move it down the field and have to kick field goals. Brad, what about or you? We might just get a safety because the Giants' offense is so bad. This is also possible. It is Mike Shula offense, despite him not calling the plays. So, yeah. Uh, Brad, what's your score prediction? I believe the Panthers are going to win the game, and I believe the score is going to be 29-13. to 13. Because I agree with John. I think we're going to see quite a few field goal attempts. How much do you think the Giants are going to win by, Brian? I actually am getting off my pessimistic patty train. Oh, shit, yep. we're losing. <laughs> I'm going to go with 24-21 to 21 Panthers. That's I think the Giants... Good. I, I think the Giants will still manage to score points because there really isn't anybody on this defense who can cover Odell adequately all the time, in my opinion. But I still think the Panthers will win. So, 24-21 Best Panthers. Defense. 
The best defense for Odell Beckham is that Eli Manning is his quarterback. Yep. Pretty much. James Bradbury. And really all we have to do, all we have to do is run the ball and don't give Eli a chance to be out there. Like, that's the key to winning the game, Every right, week. John? So what you're saying is chew up the clock, get that possession time in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eli can't beat you if he's not on the sure field. Can't. Sure can't. Spot the lie. I don't, I can't spot it. Um. Is it, but one thing real quick about your pes- your optimistic take, your non-pessimistic take, you, you expect the game to be closer than Giants fans do. According to that fan poll survey, right, Brad? Yeah, fan, according to fan polls, Giants fans don't even think that that the Giants could win the game. Like they predict Carolina to win by six points, and they're Giants fans. Yeah. Of course, they also only eighteen percent of them are confident that their team is headed in the right direction. So my my reason it could just be that they're having a down week. And one other thing, the the fan polls are people that agree to sign up to get an email every week to ser- share their thoughts on the team. So it's you know. You're not going to get a lot of yeah. They, these are super fans. Like you, you agreed to take time out of your day to do this, to be bothered by getting an email. This isn't just like Jimmy Fallon walking up to random people yeah. on the streets of New York asking these questions. Yeah. So if it shows a lot about the direction of their team. If if those are the fans that the, that you said, what eighteen percent are confident in the team's direction, and they yeah eighteen percent that. It, it was 54% last week. Uh, so, you know, it was about 50-50 last week. But then when they got beat by the Saints, that dropped they, like, pretty well. That, that chart, they like, it skyrocketed after they beat the Texans. And then they lost again. It's like, oh, never mind. It went straight like straight back down to where it was before. Like a huge rise and huge drop. So my reasoning behind my, I guess, somewhat pessimistic take is... They played the Jags close and they played the Saints close and offensively speaking Odell Beckham is we we don't really have a guy who can cover him. Like James Bradbury is going to do his darn best. He is, but he's just Odell is a different animal than somebody like Julio Jones. Um and on top of that, the Panthers have been gashed by second string running backs over the last few weeks, so I imagine Saquon Barkley is going to get his hits in too. So that's that's why I think it'll be closer than we expect. But I still think the Panthers will pull it out. So there you I go. Do, I do want to point out that the Saints had a two possession lead from the th- halfway through the third quarter for the rest of the game. So the Giants didn't really hang with them all that well. I mean, two possessions for, for them is pretty good. Against them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the Saints' defense is bad. It was closer than I expected. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but when you think when you think about it, it what was it a fourteen point lead? That, is that why you said two they possessions? They got up, they they kicked a field goal or they scored a touchdown to go up nineteen to seven halfway through the third quarter, and then the Giants kicked a field goal. Okay, well, and it was it, so it was a nine point. Yeah, there was there it was at least nine points. Well, that's a three that's a three possession game. Oh, because field goals, no touchdowns. Yeah, if we're talking about a Mike Shula <laughs> offense, nine point leads a three possession yeah, game. So, yeah, so they had at least a three possession lead. Most of the second half. Fine. But, uh, I I mean, they did, like, I think our offense is better than the Jags because Blake Bortles just doesn't know how to play football some weeks. So, like, like, that was a low-scoring game. And that was more just because the Jaguars, they they are 100% like a matchup-based offense. Like, 
if they play a bad defense, they will tear it up. But if they play a good defense, they are just completely incompetent. And the Giants have a, do have a good defense, so that that's the type of game that Jacksonville struggles with. Like, we saw that against Tennessee also for them. Um, the Giants against good offenses have not done so good. But are the Panthers really an offense like the Saints right now? Mm, no, but we're better than... Not not quite as efficient, but they're close. Yeah, and they're better than like we're better than Jacksonville or Houston or Dallas offensively. We the the one the well the two the two key differences. We don't have a receiver like Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. and we don't have an offensive coordinator like um, Sean Payton. Norv Turner's great. I'm not saying that Norv Turner isn't great, but. You know, and as much as I hate Sean Payton because he looks like he swallowed an asshole and it got stuck in his mouth when he tried to spit it back out. Damn. Um, I really hate. I really hate that small <laughs> bastard. But anyway, um, Sean Payton. As much as I hate Sean Payton, he is a an offensive genius. Like he's one of the three best offensive-minded coaches in the NFL. Uh, he could win with just about anyone. Uh, I think if you put Sean Payton on any of the thirty two teams in the NFL, he would win with them. Yes. You know, so we, we don't have, yeah, we don't have that, but we've got potential pieces that could one day be that. Like, we don't know what we've got with DJ Moore yet. He could be as good as Michael Thomas. He might also flame out. We don't know yet. Um, but we've got the quarterback. We've got the running game. We've got the tight end. Uh, we just we don't have we're like more like a poor man's Saints offense. Yeah. Also, to, to to further your Sean Payton point, him and Drew Brees have to like as a duo have the worst just like minor ticks that they do that are the most infuriating things to watch. With Sean Payton's lips, that uh, little kissy face he's always making, and Drew Brees just incessantly licking his fingers and adjusting his shoulder pads. Whenever he doesn't have the ball, like yes. he's just walking around, he grabs a shoulder pad, lick his finger, grab a shoulder pad, licks the other fingers. It, it's 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 they're annoying to watch, like completely unfootball related. Yeah, like I would hate to see a microscope, like a microscopic look at his tongue <laughs> and his fingers, because there's no telling how much bacteria <laughs> and disease and all kinds of shit lives. Because, like you said, he licks his fingers like every seems like every thirty like seconds. He, he against us where he couldn't play, and he did that thing where he like leaned forward as far as he could and clapped his hands every time the huddle broke, and he would lick his fingers like before clapping his hands when the huddle would break as he stood on the sidelines in a windbreaker. Like, come on, Drew. You, you, yeah. What are you trying to do? Oh, and I also forgot we're we're not quite as good as the Saints because we don't have. Oh Taysom my Hill. God! Oh, I hate that man. I I don't even <laughs> hate I don't even hate him for who he is. Just. Even last week, they brought him up on, like, the snap where he was just in the Wildcat. And they brought his name up, and I just wanted to rip my hair out. I was like, God damn it, stop talking about Taysom Hill. We get it. He can run. He's a quarterback. We get it. He's white. He's not Cam Newton. Understandable. Leave it alone. Guys. Sometimes, I think sometimes that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman get paid by every, like, reference that they make to Taysom Hill. But, but guys, you have to understand, we have never seen a backup quarterback or a third-string quarterback that also plays special teams and can play uh, as an offensive skill player. 
we've never seen such a thing before. Yeah, I know. It, it's <laughs> never happened before. Literally, you know, Joe Webb didn't yes, exist. Exactly. I think I think that's what makes it more infuriating for us as Panthers fans relative to maybe other teams is that he's basically Joe Webb, and Joe Webb never got like even a passing mention as like, hey, they have a backup quarterback playing special teams. That's kind of cool. He also filled in. Joe Webb filled in. He's white. Joe Webb filled in for Brett Favre for the Vikings and beat the Eagles on prime time, and nobody talks about him like Taysom Hill. Yeah, like he's actually had success as a quarterback. And is it just me, or does yeah, is it just me, or does it look like Joe Webb looks like he should be named Taysom Hill, and Taysom Hill looks like he should be named Joe Webb? <laughs> yes, yes. Like maybe that's just me, but maybe that's you're not wrong. You're not. You're not wrong. Webb is totally a white guy name. Wow. So is Joe. <laughs> Joe Webb, my my auto mechanic over at uh, Auto Parts. Joe Webb literally sounds like your auto mechanic that gives you shitty advice on what to do about your brakes. Yes, it does. Well, you know, I could get you some new brake pads, but I mean, like, if I just throw these things in here, I'm sure your new brake, your old brake pads will be fine, you know? But you should totally replace your engine. I think yeah. your engine's the bigger problem here. Just, just, just start stopping sooner. <laughs> just hit the brakes hard before you stop. That seems like a good idea. Oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, do we have anything else we want to touch on for the... Uh... No, we're good. It's, it's... Yeah. I, I think you have to give some wisdom. Oh. But other than that... Unless I you're not prepared, okay. then you, we can just... Then... You're not prepared, oh, are you, Brian? So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Fans, we apologize for Brian's I, lack of I preparedness. This is going to probably be coming off the top of his head. Hey. You took my auto mechanic part away. That would have been a good one. <laughs> um. I got nothing. Alright, see you guys later. Yeah, I got nothing. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff. And he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass, McCaffrey, touchdown! And off dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know... It's a road win in New England. Subscribe to everything. And subscribe on everything. Yep. And if you want us to sign anybody, just let us know in the comments when we post this on CSR. And uh, I'll make a rant next week. <laughs> make it happen. That's what we do. We make dreams happen here. <laughs>